Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Chuck Moore speaks. My guest uh, upcoming shortly uh, will be uh, William J. Murray. He is the author of The Utopian Road to Hell, uh, which is a book about um, many of the utopians who have riddled our history, going all the way back, uh, enslaving America and the world with central planning. Uh, this is the uh, book about uh, the uh, what what Whitaker Chambers has described as the world's second oldest religion, the worship of man, the worship of the man-made state as a vehicle, as a means by which to create some sort of a utopian order. And the consequences are the same, which uh, we will be discussing. William, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Good to be on with you. William, your book deals with very concisely with the modern history of what is actually a very ancient movement, one that goes back to the primitive times, and that is this idea of worship of the state and of the, uh, the God-King who is going to deliver man through um, some sort of mumbo-jumbo, supernatural means. It's the paganism that the Torah warns us against. But, of course, your book deals with modern times. You describe totalitarians... Uh, in our own age, uh, socialists such as Karl Marx and Hitler and Stalin. Now talk a little bit about, and the occultic roots of them, which is actually quite interesting. Talk a little bit about what is the mindset of these utopians and, uh, and how that mindset runs at variance with believers such as us. Well, first of all, I, did, I actually did go back. Um, uh, in the, the first chapter of the book, I really do, do uh, delve into uh, um, the very satanic influences, uh, particularly, uh, and occultic influences, particularly on, on Hitler and Marx and, and some of those. Um, then I do go back into uh, some of the early, early roots of this, and including uh, uh, the writings of Plato in, in his Republic, uh, when he proposed um, uh, one of these uh, utopian states with a kind of a, a dictatorship, if you would, in order to enforce it um, with this belief that, uh, well, we wouldn't need money, as an example, which is what um, the Marxists actually believed. Um, Karl Marx believed that at some point, uh, he could uh, communism could get to a point where where it didn't need money. Um, early Sparta was an absolute example of that. Uh, they didn't have money, and uh, as, as a result of that, they couldn't trade with anybody. They had nothing of value, no other. It was a it was a totally closed uh, a society. Uh, people ate in uh, communal halls, um, and uh, uh, if we move forward uh, to um, uh, where the origin of the word utopia. Uh, uh, really came from, um, uh, you know, today in the works of Thomas More, he wrote Utopia. And and to this day, I believe that he wrote it in order to... um uh, to mock the collectivist movement uh, that was going on within the church and in the the um, uh, the evangelical movement at the time, or the Protestant movement, he wrote it before Martin Luther. But Martin Luther didn't invent 
Protestantism. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't magically nail the, the notice on the door of the church and gather millions of people. The reality is 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 that the people were already there and that Luther organized them. Uh, and the movement had been going on for, for some time. And most of it, oddly enough, was this, this strange collectivist idea. Um, and the proof in the pudding of that is, is our own pilgrims uh, who came to this country and nearly starved to death uh, the first year here because they swore off money, they swore off private ownership, uh, everybody was going to grow on, on collective uh, land, nobody was going to own their own land, everybody was you know, going to uh, throw everything that they could farm or hunt into a big pot, and people would only take out you know, what, they were, were, uh, what they needed. Uh, and the result was starvation and death. At the end of that one-year uh, attempt, uh, the governor uh, reinstated private property, and, and uh, the, the colony thrived. Uh, so this is uh, there. There is a long history to this uh, uh, this idea of utopianism, which on paper sounds real good. In 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 uh, Karl Marx uh, put it very very well. What the concept is, and it's it's from each from each according to their ability to each according to their need. In other words, the smarter you are, the brighter you are, the more inventive you are, you can put more into the pot. Uh, the harder you work, your hard worker, you put more into the pot, but you only take out, regardless of how much you put in there, you only take out what you need. If you don't put anything in, you still only take in what you need. Um, uh, well, you know, you've got people today that, uh, that, 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 that live in the same household and, and they're trying to get uh, three different kinds of food stamps and, and uh, mm-hmm. welfare payments for different things. And, and uh, uh, people, people attempt to take, when, when they're not putting into the pot, they always attempt to take out more. And I mean, that's, that's, that's human nature. So uh, uh, that that brings up to 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 things that have tried, and it even tried it in ancient Chinese uh, 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 culture. There were several attempts at this that were absolutely brutal failures. Every attempt that's ever been made has wound up in violence and, 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 and mass death because the concept of doing it voluntarily um, uh, just doesn't work. The concept of democratic socialism doesn't work. Ultimately, you have to force people to put into the pot, and ultimately, you have to force people to limit what they take out out of out of the pot, and and you wind up with with violence and death and executions uh, in in order to uh, uh, in in order to uh, uh, enforce that. You know your comments about uh, Marx's slogan, which was how he defined communism from each according to his ability to each according to his need. I remember I mentioned this to uh, one of to my left-wing uh, uncle who uh, who used to say that and I asked him how does he square that slogan with the fact that he is retired on a pretty substantial uh, pension and lives way beyond his ability and need. And his answer to me was well that I get to do that because I've fought the good fight all my life. I was a good socialist. So in other words, socialism was okay for other people. And if you make money as a socialist, it's fine. But if you're making money as a capitalist, it's evil. But uh, you know, we're talking here about a again, it's a political faith that goes back to Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, and the total government, this idea that man can be forcibly transformed into something unnatural. The idea of removing money from society is unnatural. Money is natural. If they take away our money, we're going to find money somehow. 
I mean, soldiers on the front use cigarettes for money. People use all sorts of means of exchange because we have to find the means by which we can exchange goods and services and ideas and a storage of our value. I mean, it's just part of nature. You know, the currency of the beaver are us twigs so they can build a dam. You know, this isn't as is property. It exists in nature. These are natural institutions, and a civilized society finds a means to regulate them in such a way that they can result in the ultimate success, you know, maximum success, not abolish them. Well, Marx wanted to abolish these institutions and he blamed the Jews for introducing them to society in his essay on the Jewish question by saying that Jews had invented huckstering, which is a euphemism for trade, and, uh, and self-interest, and that they worshipped at the god of money. And uh, the result was a movement to eradicate Judaism. In fact, in his essay, he said Judaism would have to be made impossible. That was the main crux of, of the um, Nazi movement as well. They were very influenced by that. Hitler was a Marxist in his early life while he was a Bohemian in Austria and said so in his uh, book, Mein Kampf. So what we have then is this attempt to essentially you know, alter what is natural. And capitalism with faith are, are entities that are natural to human beings and to our success. They want to destroy those things because they believe in this idea of, turning, of earthly power that turns its back on God. Well, you know, uh, uh, capitalism, I hate, I actually hate to use the term capitalism because, uh, uh, first of all, that term was invented by Karl Marx. It never it, it existed before Karl Marx. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the problem that they have is, is direct trade, uh, is, uh, is free enterprise in general. Um, you know, they, they, the, the, the true utopianists would see a problem uh, with the early barter system as it un, undoubtedly existed within tribes, um, you know, before uh, any form of money. If you take a look at, uh, for instance, when uh, uh, some of the isolated uh, Native American tribes in the, in, in the United States, States um, uh, pre pre Columbus, um, uh, there there was no uh, um, uh, a currency to go back and forth. Uh, there was direct barter systems. Uh, you know, I, I need another horse. Well, they didn't have horses then, but they I, I need another uh, um, uh, animal of this type. I need corn. Well, I have this. You have that. Uh, so that 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 the initial system was barter. When the tribes started to meet, and whether they're in, in North America or whether they're in Europe or whether Africa or the Middle East, when the tribes got very large and they started to become complex, the direct barter system uh, was not usable anymore, and, and the trade, the free enterprise uh, developed out of that some people were good at it. Some people were better at it. Some people were poor of it. Some people made more money than others. But the pool of wealth, which we refer to capitalism today, was an important aspect that 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 the utopianists have never understood, which the modern uh, uh, capitalists don't under, under, uh, understand themselves, and which the communists surely don't understand. And that is the benefit of of, of pooled capital. Um, I, I like to use the uh, example of of, of, of of the cell phone. When the cell phone came out in, in the United States, um, of course, the Soviet Union, communist China, didn't have anything uh, like it. But somebody, several people actually, with money, were presented with this idea. 
And the idea was that uh, people will be willing to spend more money in order to hold a telephone in their hand. And all we need is enough money to build these towers to start with. All we need to do is build them in a couple big cities, and, and we will be able to do this and get people who had a pool of money, forget the term capitalist, who had a pool of money to, to gamble part of that pool of money on the belief that somehow they were going to get more money back. And that is what the, the pools of money are all about. If you go back in history, if you, it, you know, they pick, oh, they discovered, uh, the steel was discovered by accident. It was not discovered by accident. Uh, men worked hard in order to come up with a harder metal in order to be able to sell swords to, 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 to some king somewhere. That's how it came about, not by anything accidentally dropping in water. Uh, no invention came about accidentally. It came about because somebody wanted to to create something in order to trade it for wealth, to trade it for the pools of currency, to trade it for the pools of wealth that are, are, are already existed. That, in a nutshell, is what's wrong with collectivism and, and utopianism. If there's no pool of wealth, there's no reason to create in order to get from that pool of wealth. And that is what the utopianists and the collectivists and the central planners do not understand. Okay, my guest is William J. Murray. He is the author of Utopian Road to Hell, Enslaving America and the World of Central Planning, published by WND Books, available at the WND website, available at Amazon and at other sites. Uh, William, you're, you know, you're, you're making some very interesting points. I mean, money is basically an abstract means of barter in the same way that mathematics is an abstract means of counting entities. You know, it became so complicated that you couldn't trade a cow for a, um, a, a some groceries. You had to use an abstract means to trade that which you produce, whether it be a goods or a service or an idea. And so that's, that's right. The guy selling the groceries may not need a cow right then. Exactly. So you have to have a means. A, um, and money is an agreed upon means. It has the insignia of a government on it, which is why it should be regulated by a government in a civil way, and and it's it's a reflection of the value of a society as well as a means by which an individual can can accumulate wealth, which is a measurement of his labor and his work and his mind and his creativity. And what the what the left misunderstands here, and by the way, yes, Marx did invent the word capitalism to be derisive, but it became a great word as 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 things moved along. In many ways, those things do happen. But uh, what, what the Marxists, I think, fail to understand with regard to capital and the, and the accumulation of capital is that capital is infinite. Capital is as infinite as the human imagination. I mean, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, they created money. I mean, the printing presses had to be turned on late to keep up with the amount of money they created. And they created it because of their great minds, because of their ability to harness something which already existed, which was this idea and this, this need to uh, communicate in a more sophisticated way through computers. So, you know, whatever it is that we invent or we create, money is simply an abstract byproduct of that creation so that we can further develop it and trade it and invest in it and, and all the rest. But the Marxists believe that money is finite. They view it as a commodity, and therefore they believe that it has to be redistributed because if some people have more than others, 
the way to remedy that problem is to take something away from the one who has more and give it to the person who has less. Rather than create a freer society where individuals can create money by their services, by their labor, by their work. And so thus you have, with this misinterpretation, a diminution of, of wealth, ultimately. You have poverty because uh, once you take away the creative aspect of money, which is, again, simply an expression of human invention, then you, you're going to have a stagnant and, and putrid economy. And you're going to have people who are essentially no longer producing. And that's what's happened in every case. In uh, uh, Well, money is finite in the closed, um, centrally planned societies. Uh, right. and, and it does have to be redistributed because there, there, there is no way to create more. You know, uh, one of the key things in economics is that, that, that wealth, is, wealth can only come from, 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 from three places. Uh, I mean, the growth of wealth, new, 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 new wealth. And that is from mining, manufacturing, and farming. That's it. Something new has to come out of the ground. There has to be a, a product. And um, uh, uh, Bill Gates and, and, uh, and those like him, what they caused is tremendous amounts of things to come out of the ground and to, to, to be manufactured in order to utilize their, their ideas. And that put far, far more people to work than the people that were punching the keys on, 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 on the computers in order to, 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 to use the software. Um, so what was created, and, and what was created when I mentioned cell phones before, what was created there, a, a tremendous amount of manufacturing had to go along with that in order to make that idea uh, a reality. And that put a lot of people to work other than the people that just managed to sell the cell phones. And uh, sometimes we look past that. We think we're, we're, we, are, we have uh, uh, left the manufacturing realm and that we are a, a, a quote, service society. But the reality is you can't do any of those services without material things. Uh, being a barber is, is, is a service, but unless you have a building to be a barber in, unless you have electricity, unless you have a chair, unless you have a vacuum cleaner, uh, unless you can advertise, unless you can pay for a sign out front of a material thing, then you can forget about being uh, providing the service about being a barber, unless you want to sit in a stool somewhere in a street corner and hope people walk up in order to get a haircut. So there, there. This is the tremendous depth that that uh, that that uh, of, of of new ideas that um, uh, don't understand. So you had in the Soviet Union, as an example, this this continued production of steel until uh, you know, and they had these steel quotas, and the steel would literally be in the yards rusting because the technology had gone beyond steel. Um, you know, when when the when that idea was was created at the time of of Lenin and and uh, um, you know what the workers were and what the workers did and, and the allotments for the workers all those things were were at a fixed place in time which by the way the liberals are, are very good at uh, they, they 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 pick a date and they pick a time and they say oh, this is the way everything should be and uh, then they call 
us conservatives are old-fashioned. Uh, you, you take a look at the global warming. Uh, the planet's temperature should be what it was on this date forever. Um, you, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Oh, look at this border. The, these people, uh, you know, they, they expanded their territory. This, this border has to be, be sent back to what it is. Uh, the Russians can't take Crimea. You know what? The Russians can take anything their army can take. You know, whoever wins the war, that, that's their border now. If the Israelis win the war, that's their border. And, and this is one right. of the things that, that, um, that the, the left doesn't understand, is the thing that time is dramatic, the world is dramatic, civil, uh, uh, dynamic, and, and, and that, that things change, and they change according to, to patterns of, 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 of the wealth and the ability of people that cause the changes. Right, and, and I would agree with you with regard to um, the uh, the manufacturing and the material aspect of um, the creation of wealth. I mean, obviously there's that. I mean, that's a big piece of it. But I think there's also a spiritual side to it. In other words, like, for example, huge amounts of wealth were created by Beethoven symphonies or by the Beatles or by, uh, you know, the great work of art, which it doesn't really require a lot of material. It requires inspiration. And then it enters into the realm by means of uh, communication and, and transference. But nevertheless, ultimately, this is a, a, a product of the mind and the soul of people. And, uh, and then it's marketed. So, you know, this is one of the things that actually uh, Adam Smith, the author of Wealth of Nations, one of the big mistakes he made in his, in his book, and one of the reasons why Karl Marx admired Smith, and that is that while he did identify the, the market as having a, a, a hidden hand, you know, that it, it's free, he also stripped away the spiritual side of economy, and he turned it into a subject. He turned it into an academic field that would not have the spiritual element to it. And, of course, Marx ran with that and, and brought it further by saying that since there is wealth is, is finite, it's a commodity, it has to be redistributed in order for man to advance. So, you know, I think that uh, the utopians need to be challenged with the fact that the individual who is living in a free society has a spiritual side, that we're created in the image of God according to the Torah, and that as such we have to have the right to create not just material but ideas and, and, and works of art and, and, and whatever else it is that, that we find uh, we want to bring about in our short lifetimes, and, and, and that the result is, is a, a burst of advancement and wealth that is created as a byproduct of that advancement. Well, there, there, there is absolutely that. This is the reason that uh, uh, you, you see um, the Marxists and um, uh, all of the utopianists, including the fascists, uh, which people just don't understand that that um, that Hitler was just as much of a utopianist, and, and Mussolini was just as much of a, a utopianist as, as as was Lenin. They they don't get that. They cannot uh, grasp that. They think the two sides were opposed. When in, in in fact they're not, but there is always um, this um, uh, need to uh, um, uh, you know go after um, uh, uh, the, the spiritual side to destroy a, a belief in God, and that is because if if you have this central planning entity, uh, then that has to be looked uh, for for everything. All things must come from from that entity. Uh, you cannot look outside that entity because 
then other beliefs will come in. For instance, the freedom that people receive through through Jesus Christ, the freedom that people receive through 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 the Lord. So there is um, uh, there is this um, uh, there is is that conflict. Now, I would like to point something out. Um, I read a uh, a book uh, many many years ago. Oh, gee, I can't remember the author. It's called Emissary uh, uh, Emissary for the Damned. And um, this was about the uh, the, the Nazis uh, uh, moving into uh, uh, moving into Hungary at the end of the war. Hungary had been an ally. Uh, the Jews in, in Hungary were were, were 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 had been defended uh, by um, uh, the king and uh, or the chancellor. I can't remember what, which one. And, and at any rate, um, uh, Hitler needed more money. He needed more money, and uh, when he invaded, um, he he actually chose a Jew um, uh, through his emissary uh, to uh, uh, go to to Turkey. He wanted to sell the Jews of Hungary for cash. That to me doesn't represent anti-Semitism. It represents something else. Uh, Hitler could have just as easily have picked any other group in 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 uh, 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 that size in Germany if one would have existed, and said these people are evil. We need to take everything they have because he needed to finance his utopian empire. Do I believe he was an anti-Semite? Yes. Do I believe that is the only reason that that uh, he he murdered uh, uh, six million Jews? and stole all of their wealth, including the hair off their heads that were used and sewed into German uniforms? No, no, I don't believe that anti-Semitism was the only reason. I think that he needed his imaginary utopia financed, and he needed to be able to take out of the pot. And in order to take out of that pot and have the German people take out of that pot, he had to find a resource to put in. Toward the end, he ran out of resources, and he still wanted to use more Jews, dead or alive. He didn't care if they lived, if he could get the the, the wealth out of them. He was more than happy to trade them off uh, for trucks or, or whatever he could get in order to finance that war effort for him to have his thousand-year Reich, his imaginary thousand-year thousand Reich. And this is the problem with utopianism. They all have to, to find some kind of a scapegoat. They have to find a group to steal from, whether it's the top 1% that are wealthy, whether it's the Jews, whether it's the Christians, which is now the case in, 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 yeah. uh, uh, in, in the, with the Islamic State. They have singled out. They are stealing everything from the Christians, everything. They make them sign deeds to their property to let them go. They take the married women. They strip their wedding ring, people's wedding rings off before they can, can leave. Uh, they, they make them leave with only the, the, the clothing on their feet. They're not allowed to have a dime in their pocket, those that are that are allowed to leave. They're stripped of all their property, their furniture. Everything is taken away from them because for the Islamic State to finance itself and to finance the, 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 the caliphate that it wants, it has to find a group to rob. You know, William, you're really onto something with this. I mean, I, I view the Nazi Holocaust as a, uh, as a leftist socialist experiment. And uh, it had everything to do with the redistribution of wealth. It was definitely an attack on the top 1%. In fact, if you replace some of the utopian-sounding rhetoric we hear today from the left, from from Bernie Sanders, I'm not saying that he wants a Holocaust, but, you know, if you, and you replace every time he says the word Wall Street or corporate interests or corporations and replace that with the word Jew, you could be reading my comp. It's the same... Uh, appeal to the darker side of our nature, this idea that uh, 
our neighbor who, had, who we imagine has more than we have, whether they do or not, that we are entitled to a piece of that just because we want it, because it makes us feel bad that the guy down the street has a bigger car than we have or has a prettier wife than we have or has something that we don't have. We want a piece of that, and the left appeals to that side of us and says, yeah, you should have it, and we're going to get it for you by redistributing the wealth. And that certainly the Nazi Holocaust had everything to do with that. I mean, that was, sure, they were anti-Semites, and yeah, there was a race element to it, which itself is emerged from Darwin's theories. But there was also this uh, very basic element, which was that the Jews controlled wealth, allegedly, whether they did or not, is beside the point, and that therefore we're going to make life better by taking it away from them and giving it to you. Well, that that is exactly uh, you know there 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 is a we have a a very similar situation in, in the Middle East, whether it's in Jordan or Syria or any other country. Um, the, uh, the, the the Christians um, uh, tend to have smaller, uh, better educated families. The the women are educated in in those families because of the Judeo-Christian structure of those families. There's more cleanliness, um, and uh, they just uh, uh, do better unless they are unless they are stolen from. And that that kind of uh, it, that that is the same situation almost exactly that existed with uh, uh, with the Jews in in Germany. And because they are a minority, they're an easy target in in order to take from in in in, in order to uh, steal from. Exactly. I want to and talk for a minute about for just a minute about the death of communism and and okay. how We're early. We're running a little bit out of time here, but so go ahead. Yep. Okay. If, it, it, in 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 the time of Lenin, um, the com- the young communists came to him right after the revolution, and they said, um, you know, we have a um, uh, we we young communists don't have a place to meet. We, we there all the restaurants. There are people in there that aren't communists. And they can hear what we're talking about. We need a private restaurant just for us. And Lenin said, yes, that's a good idea. You set up restaurants just for communists. That was the end of communism. All right, listen, William, I, we should do it again soon. Please send me a hard copy. I'd like to read this, and we'll, I'd like to do another interview with you, a follow-up. Uh, the book is Utopian Road to Hell, Enslaving America and the World of Central Planning, available at WND, available at uh, Amazon and other bookstores. Very interesting book. William, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, sir. Okay, so that is uh, William J. Murray. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone. I shall return at another time. Have a good day, everybody. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.